0: Welcome to your Midwest Garden Podcast. Today we complete our third of four part series on lawn care. Stay tuned. season one episode 18 fall lawn care hello again i'm michael rourke the garden guy along with freshman gardener slash producer scott more like kindergartner. <laughs> say hello
1: scott yeah soon to be sophomore i'm uh, moving up m- moving on up I, yeah. I write it so i can make myself whatever i want and well yeah you can dave
0: slavinsky remember him he, he's he, he he returns to ymg See that's coolness
1: saying YMG YNG. your y- Midwest Garden. That's right. That's what
0: it stood for and stands for. Now he, Dave's here to complete the cycles of lawn care. Well,
1: he's not completing it because we added one. Well, this is three of four.
0: This is going to be three of four. Correct. Well, Dave, he's still going to be completing it, he's but completing he's only going to complete it on the fourth surface. one.
1: Yeah. Okay. All we'll, right. So we'll keep that. We'll you agree know. to say Disagree that. Disagree
0: or agree? Okay. Well, all right. Now this round covers the fall, well, autumn. Basically, the care for your lawn. And I have Dave here right now. Um, Dave, can we say welcome and you can be nice? Sure, sure. I'm always nice to you, Mike. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> welcome, Dave. You, you said hi already. Now, with all of the above 90 degree temperatures plus, no rain. Well, basically, you know, as soon as it did rain, we'd get squalls of it and it comes down and it evaporates. Um, uh, this has really been kind of a—I don't want to say a regretful summer, but it's been a unique season altogether. COVID, 90-degree um, temperatures, lack of rain. Um, hopefully, everyone has a healthy green lawn. But, but I mean, uh, they—they don't want to pay the the water bills now. Again, I, I've been professing that you don't have to spend all this money to maintain a green yard. With your
1: water. In my township, you do. In your township, yeah. <laughs> so you're buying
0: it from another Midwest city. Um But Dave, I mean, being that you're the manager of a very renowned lawn service in the Midwest, what do you think? I mean, has it been a tough one?
2: Has it been a standard? It, or? It's been brutal, yes. Okay. 90-degree temperatures have been really hard on the grass, and if people... Did not water they probably saw an explosion with due to the downpours of summer annuals crabgrass nutsedge spurge things like that um we got enough rain for that to grow but not enough rain to keep your lawn looking good okay well how's your response i mean what do you consider we
0: just uh, just recently i i looked something up relatively soon and i want to find out about uh what your company, Black Diamond, who happens to be our sponsor, mm-hmm. um, but uh, thinks uh, actually, I, I I did a little bit of a homework knowing that you were going to be coming on, and I just oh, wanted to see if I can spoof you or hold you down by your ankles. Um, it, it, I wanted to see if we were in a drought, and being in the, the Midwest, it's you know it varies. We are presently, since the Midwest, about ninety percent plus is in what they call an abnormally dry season, not yes. a drought. Now, there are sections in the Midwest that, that are drought-riddled, but, um, I mean, you know, these are isolated areas.
2: Well, I would, I would agree with abnormally dry. Um, one thing people don't understand is when you get an inch and a half of rain and you get it in an hour and the ground's hard, most of it ends up in the street and the sewer system. It doesn't have a chance to be absorbed into the turf and the soil. You're telling me that I'm stuck in a gully washer
0: and that's not going to be beneficial?
2: I'm not saying it's it's detrimental. It's slightly beneficial, just not as beneficial as everyone thinks. It okay, is. but everybody thinks, yeah, five It got, counts you know, as an inch and a half of rain on the rain total for the year, but your lawn did not get an inch and a half of water. Okay. So it just flushed right on down along with the yep. nutrients that you're putting down, or is it just. No, no, the fertilizer stays in place. Once stay- it gets to the crown of the plant and it's there, it's there. Okay. Now. Being
0: that we don't want to rely on Mother Nature doing what she's supposed to do and what we're used to, I mean, there's nothing really about 2020 that is standard. Right. So we're out there right now noticing along with the drought, because I want to go back into the watering situation, not drought, but I mean the unusually dry um, or the moderately abnormally dry season. What does that entail? I mean, what other things are coming on board? I'm looking at people's lawns and I've heard people say, you know, I'm paying all this money, and I've got nothing but brown grass right now. Or I got fungus. If I'm paying the money, why don't they take care of it? Or if I've got insects, or if I've got Slow weeds. down, Mike.
2: Slow down. One thing at a time. I'm here, having man. a panic one, attack. One no, you're not. You'll well, be all right. You'll be fine. We'll get you through it. Need right, a paper Scott? bag? You got one?
1: <laughs> no, but I thought I'd offer anyway.
2: Okay. <laughs> That'd be perfect. I don't have to look at him now. Huh? <laughs> the the, un- the
1: unknown gardener. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Do, do do me a flavor though.
0: Let, let let's. I mean, well, I'm where would, to, where would you like to start with uh, this? I, I want to start. Uh, give me your, um, what you're noticing more so because of the lack of rain, because of the higher temperatures. Um, what is? Uh, I can understand that the grasses are going to be yellow because people just aren't or can't water. But right. what about those people that have been watering and they do have well, the
2: yellow or they do have the here, brown? Here's the thing, Mike. You're dealing with cool season grasses. If you have extended periods of 90, 95-degree weather, they're going to suffer some, even if you're watering, because they're cool-season grasses. Okay, now, why?
0: Now, I, I have I have a theory. Why are we putting down, or we're not putting down, but why is there nothing but cool-season grass? Now, to my knowledge, whatever, listen up, everybody. Cool-season grass, basically in the 60s, everybody wanted, you know, they watched the Masters Tournament, they've watched, you know, um, all these golf tournaments, they've even seen football games on cool season grasses, which consist of mostly Kentucky bluegrass, fine fescue, and perennial rye. True. All right? Those are good grasses. They're pretty grasses, provided they get the nutrients and moisture that they can get on a regular basis. We don't have the same economic base. We don't have the same right. weather that that's going on right now that we did in the 60s. And for God's sake, I don't even think you remember the 60s because you were probably still out there being weaned. Um, the the thing that I'm more interested in is the grasses are still there from the 60s and people still have the mindset that they want to have the grasses like dad or grandpa had.
2: Well, you still have those types of grasses, but there's newer cultivars. They're always producing newer cultivars, bluegrass and fescues and tall fescues and they're improved varieties, which will be more resistant to drought and disease and, more or less anything. Okay. I they're wanna, lower maintenance. They're a lower burden on the customer. Really. I want
0: to place emphasis on resistant because nothing is actually, you know, totally um, uh, can totally resist. But, but basically the deeper root system, the more sustainable that they're going to be, the less uh, you're going to have, not necessarily watering is great. If you can afford to do it on a regular basis when it's done, but people got to work. Um, wa- watering is fine. I want to go to these grasses at the end of this conversation, but what else? You're you're talking about the grasses itself. Are you noticing that there's critters coming in that are doing damage?
2: Um, I haven't seen a lot of damage yet. It's early for your grubs. Your grubs, we don't normally see any damage till September Uh um, or Um, mid-September-ish. Some areas had larger beetle populations than others. The thing is, if you didn't irrigate, you probably did not have a good place for beetles to lay eggs. Because they—well, I know the lady beetle, lady beetle,
0: the The female is going to be looking for the five-star hotel and restaurant for them to right, lay their right. eggs and raise the
2: kids at. Right, your irrigated lawns are where they're going to go because they have nicer landscape to eat, too, so, normally.
0: Yeah, for instance, the neighbor's neighbor's neighbor that doesn't do a damn thing to his lawn— um, uh, I get complaints, well, look, at I'm spending all this money, I take care of this, but the guy over there with all these weeds, it's still green. What in the hell is the difference? What's going on? Why am I paying you?
2: Uh, there's, that is because. Because weeds are green. Weeds don't need the, the nutrients and the, the moisture that your grass does. And the insects would rather be in the nice,
0: lush, irrigated, cool sure. environment. Sure. All right. What about fungus problems?
2: I uh, haven't seen a huge amount because we've had a lot of heat and not as much humidity, um, and you need that damp air to really generate fungus. Okay, so if, for instance, the male person, the bird
0: hopping from yard to yard, the squirrel, they can't—they're—they're they're not going to spread the spores like they would if we had a high humid condition. We had that. Right. Right. No. All no. Right. So you don't see too much of a fungus problem. It's primarily no. drought. Then okay, we're going to backtrack again. We're going to go to water. When does one water? Early
2: morning. And when you're saying early morning, what Uh-oh. is that
0: like? One thirty a.m. After you've had I too many say, beers, or you're talking like you know six o'clock?
2: I would say between three and six in the morning. Three morning? and yes, in the morning. Morning. Wow. So you're saying okay, okay. And, and in 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 the hotter, drier conditions, you could do what is called syringe watering, which would mean. Watering a little bit in the afternoon, also to a uh, second cycle to cool the grass down.
0: Now, when I was doing my professional thing by you know pushing a spreader, diagnosing uh, and assisting people, um, the Black Diamond, for instance, would send us and be educated at Ohio State University, like you're doing right now with your people. Um, th- I found out by not Dr. Harry Nemchek, who is basically the entomologist, but from other PhDs over there, anytime you can water is better than no water. Agreed. But they did place emphasis on morning water. Yes.
1: If yes. you can do that. All right. Hang on a minute. Okay. Here uh-huh. comes
0: kindergartner, G-A-R-D-E-N-E-R. Scott. Freshman,
1: Scott. Soon right, to fresh- be sophomore. Okay.
0: Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: So I'm going to disagree a little bit, and I'm going to say depends on your soil type. I have sand. He's learning. Well, no, nah, nah, This has been a number of years now that I've been doing this. But with all the sand, I water like at 10 o'clock at night to keep as much moisture on the leaf or at the crown as possible for as long as possible.
0: Now, being that sand leaches out earlier, won't we have a problem with evaporation toward
2: midday the following day? No, no, because it's it's into the soil. The evaporation is going to come off the leaves. Okay. Which is going to be very minimal. Well, there's a,
0: it, they call it photosynthesis for a reason. Right. Light processing where they make their own food. The plant's going to make its food. You're not putting the food down. If Scott, freshman, sophomore the, sophomore gardener, he didn't make it there yet. Um, if, if, if Scott basically is going to do it 1030 at night, it sits there or it won't leach out from the sand. You know what I would tell Scott? Well, you if don't tell Scott if,
2: anything. He has to find out for no, himself. If, if it's working for Scott, he hasn't developed problems. Correct. He's doing what works for Scott. No fungus, so I'm safe. There, I mean, I a, keep an eye on that. It's a rule of thumb. It's not etched in stone. I mean, this is, this is the best time to water, but different, Again, different things for different a, people. All right, sir. since
0: Scott lives in a sandier environment, Sand, what it's about, like a beach. <laughs> not well, sandy technic- no, technically it is a beach. This is yeah, beach is. sand yes, from the glacial yes. movement. Exactly. Uh, the Midwest is full of glacier activity. Uh, the, the the scenario here is, but you're going to go from one extreme to another. Two miles north of us, you'll have sand. But then right next door, you throw a stone, it's going to be bedrock clay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that, again, is because of that glacial activity. How does one usually know or want to... if? Uh, most people, when they buy a house, they buy a yard. They just think, okay, I'm going to rake this lawn up. I'm going to feather it out. I'll bring in some topsoil. Um, and then I'm going to th- throw my seed down. The topsoil is only going to be at the most, maybe about two inches if somebody really wants to go overboard. If they don't, that bed of, of soil that they've been on, let's say it's clay, how easy or difficult is water to, to penetrate? Once it's evaporated or gone from that, if through this, this weather that
2: we've been having, this abnormally dry season, the the key to clay is don't let it get rock hard because de- getting it to accept water at that point is going to be very difficult. So it's not gonna... the good news about it is it holds a tremendous amount of moisture if as long as you keep it moist.
0: Okay, okay. Well, Scott's in sand, and the type of grass that he's growing, uh, freshman Scott. Do you know what kind well, of it's grass? A,
1: it's our sport mix. So it's the well. Then you've got the turf type the turf, fescue, rye. the Kentucky
0: bluegrass, and perennial rye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now is that Manhattan Five Perennial Rye that's in there? Or is it just your Lynn perennial rye that they've been using? It's Manhattan rye, Mike. Manhattan. See how condescending and arrogant. Okay. As he smiles at me. Anyhow, okay, so it's Manhattan Rye. Do you like that blend far better than anything else? Or does it again depend on the soil, the watering conditions, et cetera?
2: At watering conditions, Traffic. how much how much yes, how much maintenance you're willing to put into it, um, how much sunlight. It's a good it's a good general grass. It it's durable. It looks good.
0: Okay. It's 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 a nice turf for, sure. for basic activity. Basic yep. activity.
2: Yep. And
1: so, that, so and that mix has worked really well in this yard. Hey, but stand back.
0: How old is, is the is the house itself? I mean, it's sixty nine. So, okay. So we're talking almost fifty years old. But it's, I mean the so year
2: younger
1: than I am, like well, Dave, I don't, you're old. But the sport mix isn't. From back from No, no, no! Right. But but right.
0: still, I mean, we're still talking in the sixties when you were talking about the Kentucky bluegrass lawns, where they wanted the fairways to be exactly, or the lawn to be like the fairways at
1: Inverness. Okay, and can we stop that with yeah. everybody trying to make their lawn look like a golf course? I agree. You don't have the water to do it. But you're you what I'm. Alluding, you don't have a fire hose. To water all your lawn with. And, and, what what
2: I'm alluding to, and that's to, called setting the bar way too high. If you're going to compare no, your lawn to Inverness no, Day what, and what, day what,
0: out, what, what I'm alluding to is is that the grass combination that Scott has, who's soon to be a freshman gardener, I mean sophomore gardener, a okay. gardener.
1: Period. Apparently, um, I can go up and down all in one day. Well,
0: maybe <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 type of turf that you have right now blends in well with the existing turf that's been there for the last 50 years. And that's what I was alluding to, not saying that it's going to look like the golf course green, but if you wanted to make it look good but still durable without any transitional effect, meaning, you know, day and night, one looks really fine, really, and the other one is really thick. One looks lighter green. One looks a a different type of a green. The sport mix with the turf type fescue, perennial rye, and um, bluegrass. the bluegrass, Bluegrass, yeah. Combination is is going to blend in well with the older established lawns that they've had. Yes. Yes. Okay. In, in, in most All case- I wanted to bring to everybody's attention, but no.
1: <sighs> okay.
0: Whew. Feel much better.
1: I vented. Good. good. Glad everybody that- took their earbuds up.
0: I- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyhow, all right. Being that that, that we've already been discussing, Let's go, being that this is the end of August right now. Okay.
2: Middle and, okay.
0: Well, the,
2: yeah. I'll We're middle. splitting hairs here. Continue. I mean, the next two weeks are going to be the end of it. In two weeks, it will be the end of it. Yeah.
0: Yes. Okay. I, okay.
2: There's four weeks half in a month. Half full like. versus half empty.
0: Anyhow, the the thing that I was going to, if you're going to be doing any seating, When? Is the most pristine. Now, because here here we go. We're talking finances, too. Not everybody. I mean, right. we've got COVID. A lot of people are out of work. Uh, a lot of people want to get the seed and get something to grow. The, mo- the best time. Now, you might want to tell me, let's say, if you had the money of Rockefeller, Gates, or Trump. Let's start with that, and then I'll go back down to where Mike O'Rourke is.
2: Well, the first thing I would say is grass doesn't read a calendar. So if it, it you know, you got to kind of read the temperatures. When when the days have cooled off, you know, back down into your 70s and your nights are, you know, 55 to 65. That's that's the best time to seed. Standard rule is just one date to give everyone. I would say September 1st. Okay, September 1 calendar date. That's about the middle of the best window for seeding. All
0: right, we still have a tendency to get up into those high temperatures. We'll have cool nights, but the days are shorter. Right uh let's say we have a couple i mean the days that are hotter the best time to do the seeding is like you said the first of september yes can i just go ahead and throw the seed down rake it in No. no
2: no no if um you can either use topsoil or if you have loose dirt take a rake, scratch it up you know the top half inch and make sure the seed has good contact with the soil.
0: It's got to be blended with the soil.
2: Not buried. Exactly. Blended. I'd like that. Scott, he's now working his way to the sophomore. Scott. Answers like that. He might be a junior before this is over. You never know. Uh, Might be your, you can call him son. (laughs) Middle middle
1: school or high school. (laughs) Uh, the, The thing that I was, I mean, when you're talking buried, People coming in to the garden center complaining that their grass didn't, seed didn't germinate. And I did everything you told me. And I was like, I don't remember saying bury it under two inches of dirt.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because it's not going to work its way out. No. I mean, the germination process just will not occur.
1: Once it starts forming a leaf, it
2: needs that leaf surface to create food. Oh, did I inform you of that? No, no, no. Okay. All on my own, Mike. I thought I just threw that out a
0: couple seconds, minutes ago. All right. Now, if, if you wanted to, and I will not use the golf course analogy. Thank you. It, I almost said a nasty. <laughs> Anyhow, if, if you had spots here and there, and you, let's just say you got a wheelbarrow or a five-gallon bucket, you were to blend your seed and soil together into that five-gallon bucket and walk around the yard and then throw it down into these spots and step on it.
2: That's not how I would do it. Mm-hmm. I would put some topsoil down, put the seed down, and then kind of what I usually tell people is take your leaf rake, turn it upside down, drag it back and forth across to make sure it's it's got good contact.
1: And then wash you it. You don't in. want
2: it fully packed. You don't want compaction.
1: You, you know? ever you ever watch the grounds crew at a baseball game in between every third inning every game they, I've been where to? Where they come with the pole behind rakes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Do do a light version of that. Yes. Well, you don't need well that said. big
0: aluminum rake. I mean, wow. you can use a leaf rake. Yeah, and bingo, we just—that's just what I said, I'm didn't I? I'm just verifying what Slivy said. Oh, <laughs> Lord, help us all. You can use the leaf rake, but the leaf rake. I mean, if you turn the tines upside down, and yeah, you cornrow it. Yeah, there it, you but go.
2: It'll, <laughs> You can you can you can blend it in there. Back and forth, crossways, you
0: know. All whatever. right. Now, now you're talking maybe a, the, the entire lot. Let's say somebody just decided they were going to take a total kill, knock the whole thing out and start from scratch. Wow. Yeah.
2: Call a professional. Really? You don't recommend somebody do it themselves? That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Okay. I, I would recommend a company that hydro seeds. That's the smartest way to go. Now, hydro seeding, will they guarantee their work? Um, they will, if you do what you're told. And I they mean, can tell th- that you're not doing what they're telling you to do. I have heard of companies asking to see a water bill. Really? Yes. I'll be darned. Cause normally, I mean, I know you can, you can tell if they've been watering. Oh, I've been sure. watering
0: every day. Well, they're all, not.
2: They're always going to tell you they've been watering,
0: yes. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, you could tell by the the way that the grass is, I mean, if they're coming up. or But then, again, even with hydro seeding, you're going to get, if you brought in fresh soil, you don't even have to bring in fresh soil. If you loosen up the existing soil, you're going to get dormant weed seeds to germinate. Yes. They're going to explode. They're going to take over. People are going, I spent all this money to have all these weeds come
2: up. How do you work your way out of that one? That's why you tell them September 1st. You can usually, you, you'll can you have time for germination and to get enough cuts on it that you can probably apply a broadleaf weed control late in the fall to get rid of any noxious weeds.
0: I've been strongly suggesting to do any seeding that they can. Turn a blind eye to whatever weeds that they see are coming up because they're going to be more opportunistic than the grasses themselves. Right. And let them grow. After how many mowings do you think that the good grasses
2: are going to be hardy enough to sustain the weed killer. It's ta- I take it on a case by case basis, but standard rule would be three mowings on a standard three
0: mowings. Yes. The, the hardening yes. a- effect on that. Yep. All right. Once you kill the weeds out, whoa well,
2: with all these weeds, I've got to have all these bare spots. Reiterate, not if you did a good job of seeding. It should you should be pretty good. Now, okay. I use and to, watering.
0: And I still to this day will recommend a standard. I don't care what the blend is. I'm going to recommend one pound per hundred square feet or a 10 by 10 area. So if okay. you've got 10,000 square feet, how many pounds are you talking there? hundred pounds? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, then of whatever blend that you're going to have. Right. That's a good, now remember that it's one pound per hundred square feet. So if you only have a, let's say a patch here, a patch there, a patch here, a patch there, some of the people were saying, well, how do I figure that out? Then square it off or round it off. Right. You got yourself a foot for each one of them. If you got twenty of them, you got twenty square feet. So figure. Oh, look at this guy with the math. Well, I ain't no Darren <laughs> Freshman anymore. <laughs> but anyhow, um, what I'm alluding to here is, is you can make it as simple as possible. Some people say x amount of pounds per thousand square feet. It's kind of like you know, with you and the weed killers. I mean, you, yes.
2: you you're going to have to go. There's huh? a rate you have to apply everything at.
0: Yes. I'm just figuring if there's going to be any seating and you're going to do it yourself. Please try and figure out. Even with the larger seed grass, if you were to go to the bins like, i.e., the company that we're, that's sponsoring us right now, has open bins of bulk grass seed, the turf-type fescue, the fine fescue, the bluegrass. The, they even have clover and grass in there. Wow. If you took a look at the seed size on that, the larger the seed, let's say the largest of all of them is probably going to be either a coarse fescue or the perennial rye. The midsize is going to be the turf-type fescue. And then the more finer grasses are going to be, with the exception of fine fescue. Fine fescue is a large seed, but bluegrass is really, really tiny. It is, yes. So you're going to have, usually with the blends themselves. Shady area blend. I have something that I think is really kind of cool, but I know that Mr. Slavinsky, spelled with a Y or an I. An I. All right. Um, It recommends
2: certain types of grasses for shade, i.e., let's say if there's an oak tree backyard. I would go with fine fescues, the ryegrass, and I would stick with some turf-type tall fescue in there, too. It does pretty well in the shade.
0: Oh, I'm impressed. I mean, I was going to—okay. What what did you expect me to say? Well, I was was going to see—we've heard so
2: many people. I
0: I have what they call a mic mix, and it works quite well.
2: And it, it, I mean, if Is that, all, that's the Cheetos, the Fritos, and the potato chips all together, right? Well,
1: that's one of my mixes. Oh, that, okay. That's after okay. you get them
2: putting the grass Great. seed down.
1: Okay. While while we're on the mix, Dave Dave had a little uh, Tech Rider. <laughs> tech Rider. He had M and M's that he wanted uh, no brown ones. So yeah, it was in my contract. Here, here's here's your M and M's for your contract
2: but i don't smell any steak and crab cooking yet so <laughs>
1: so as we're on the seed subject the people that bought seed in the spring that's Excuse still- me you had the mole man here and you had a margarita ready and waiting for him you got Slowinski over here hey you got, you got- put it in his contract he wanted m&m's no brown ones van halen style you you should have had a better agent you need a water mike i got a water for you oh thank you so (laughs) the the seeds that people that you know they bought 10 pounds in the spring and they still have three pounds left over can they still use that this fall yes can they use that next spring if if it was stored
2: properly I mean, if it Thank got you. if it got all damp and moldy and kind of nasty, toss it and get new seed.
0: Or if it was hidden in the shed in 120 degrees Fahrenheit, it yeah. evaporated any of the moisture that was in the shuck. That stuff's cooked. It, yeah. The birds won't even
2: eat that. Oh, I'll bet they would.
0: Well, maybe your birds. <laughs> no, your birds are eating the M&Ms except for the brown ones.
1: Um, <laughs> no, the birds are eating the brown ones. He
0: gets the other y- colors. Okay, the birds get better than most people do. No, basically, if, if you were to hang on to it now, f- figure, if, like Steve said, if you store it properly, it, it can last, not forever, but I figure maybe about a 10% loss in germination.
2: Years and years and years of it stored properly.
0: Yeah, I mean, on a shelf, you don't let the mice go into right, it and let right, them have. Right. But, uh, I mean, again, let's say, like like Scott said, you know, X amount of pounds, you got three pounds left over. For God's sake, if you only got three pounds, I'd use, use it.
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we had a number of people coming in within the past two weeks to the store buying grass seed, wanting to plant grass seed in ninety-degree weather. As long as they're keeping it wet, and it well, yeah, and Bet. then and then they have to understand, or the you know, let's say those mixes, there are three styles of grass. So don't stop watering after you see the first one sprout. There's still Hi, two new going, more babies. He yep, is in making there.
2: it to a sophomore.
1: Yeah. Yep.
2: Hey, the ryegrass came up in three days, and they thought they were good to go. Yeah. Bingo. How long does it take, basically, for the turf-type fescue to germinate? Wow, that's a really good question, Mike.
0: Uh, a couple of weeks. So a good standard is the ryegrass will be up three to five days, provided you yes. give it the water that it needs. Yes. Um, the turf-type fescue, on an average, 14 days to didn't come I, up. I, You're not going to be mowing. Didn't I say a couple of weeks, Scott? I, well, I'm following up with this, okay, on your bluegrass. Look at us! Look, I can't three weeks.
2: Minimum three weeks. Right, right. Minimum. And, and here's what's going to happen to those people that usually it in, a month in, in the ninety degree heat, they'll get grass to germinate. They'll water, but if you get a stretch of ninety degree weather after it has germinated, it's going to wipe it out. It's called melding and, out, uh, w- whether, whether you're watering it or not, because it's, it's cold it's, weather. Because it, yes, it's cool grass. season grass. Cool yeah. season grass. Here we made a complete circle. We keep this up, Scott. We won't even need him anymore. <laughs>
1: Just <laughs> go for it.
0: I mean, I got, I already got the hints. I mean, Mole Man gets margaritas. Slowinski gets M&M's. He gives his birds the brown ones. What else? Oh, wait a minute. You, did you say that you were getting promised crab and steak? Oh, that was
1: his other part of his wish list yeah. that he called a contract. Did, <laughs> <laughs> How do you like your steak cooked? Medium rare. Oh, it's got
2: to be burnt. No, I want, I, want, I, I want it to kind of moo a little when I get it.
0: <laughs> okay, well, all right. So being that this is what the beginning of, let's say, the fall season, the best time to do the seeding, the damage has already been done. I want to talk one more thing. When you bring in fresh soil, a lot of times we talked about the weeds, but there are certain types of Ugly, quick-growing grasses that pop up extremely quick, and but it's easy to pull out. And I don't want to play ignorant, but I'm not ignorant. Should we ask Sir Scott, the producer, the sophomore, what kind of yellowish-green grass is popping up about now? That if you pull it up, it comes up extremely easy. Yeah, I don't know that one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Are you referring to nutsedge? Damn straight. Well, it's not it's, yellow. It's yellow green.
0: Yeah. The flower, and, and, and,
2: it. and it's more or less ran its course at this point. I mean, you start getting into cooler weather, it starts growing slower and slower and slower, and at the first frost, it usually takes it out pretty. My
1: nutsedge is not yellow, but it comes
2: in. There is purple nutsedge also. There, there is.
1: Yes. There is. And what
2: colors the seed head on it? Uh, That's we, yellow. Well, we don't get a lot of purple nutsedge well, where I'm at.
0: Nutsedge, if you look it up, folks, nutsedge is basically a, it's a sedge. It's all grasses are a type of a sedge. It's just that this is a swamp sedge. When I was alluding to, what I was alluding to is the, that the dirt, if you're bringing in fresh dirt, Lord knows, if you get it in bulk, Lord knows where it comes from. We've had people that were getting it from the sides of banks of, of creeks. And yeah, it's nice and dark and rich. And they've been throwing this down, using it as their, their fresh topsoil, along with their turf grasses that have been coming up, kaboom, they've got a beautiful harvestable crop of nutsedge. I mean, it's going to be difficult for you to be able to judge or find out where they get their soil unless they mix it there at the place that you purchased it from. My concern here is, is don't get too terribly discouraged. Let everything grow. You're going to have so much schmutz coming up, you're going to find out that you might even have a little bit of, oh gosh, croci coming up here and there. I mean, anything that was from a bulb, anything that, once you expose it to air, sunlight, and moisture, everything's going to grow. So, I mean, you've got yourself a window the end of August, first part of September to get right. things started, that the next few weeks is to be basically cleaning up the mess that comes along with seeding a lawn. Yes. So, like you stated, you within two to three mowings, after you've the grasses have been up, and all, given the chance for all of the grasses to germinate and grow, you can safely go out there with a broadleaf weed killer. And I'm placing emphasis on a broadleaf weed killer. Yes,
2: and, and even if you can't get to the broadleaf weeds in the fall, you'll have established grass so as soon as the temperatures warm up in the spring, the weeds can be dealt with. Shady. Worry or, about getting your grass growing first and getting it healthy. That's your primary. Let yep. everything, let yes. weeds, everything, and all the other schmutz grow that's right. with it. That's right. People get very impatient when they have weeds in their new grass, but they, right. they need to learn to just... Let it go. That's,
1: that's the biggest thing I learned years ago with grass. It's like taking care of a pool. Nothing happens fast. Your right. chemicals change, especially in a big pool, very slowly. Your grass, you need to, cons- it's the joy of gardening, people. You need to enjoy that year-long process. I think we created a monster. Yeah, you awesome. did. Awesome. <laughs> the, 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 the. I have two eyes, not one. Uh, <laughs> well,
0: so that you can see. <laughs> Hey, we'd like to thank Black Diamond Garden Centers for sponsoring your Midwest garden. We record this podcast on site at the Toledo location amidst all the smells of budding flowers, the manures, the chicken schmutz, you name it. If you're in the Toledo or Perrysburg, Ohio area, please stop by either Black Diamond location for all your gardening needs. And remember, ask someone who knows. Uh, the, the standard cutting height for all of them. Now, crown versus single stock grasses. Can you briefly
2: elaborate a little bit on that? I, would t- I always tell everyone no shorter than two and a half inches. Okay, I don't care what kind, of, what kind of grass you're dealing with unless you're dealing with a putting green. Now, we're not
0: talking golf course, damn
2: it! I knew that was coming the second hey. it came
0: out of my mouth. Turf-type fescues and bluegrasses will grow in a crown. They spread both rhizomaceously, which means the root system, and through tiller activity, spider plant-like little tillers. What that happens, what, what ends up happening, if you cut it at that two-and-a-half cutting height, you're allowing that tiller activity to occur, top growth, top spreading, and rhizomaceous activity, root growth, to thicken up on the, at, and start to come out that direction. But not all lawnmowers are set the same. People used to think, well, I've got it at the fourth setting each one of those settings on some of them can be a half inch. Right. So there, the four settings
2: only going to be two inches. There goes my math again. Well, and I would I would say read the manual on your mower because no four doesn't mean four inches. What I'm what I'm thinking. Because they most a lot of them go up to six, and I don't see them cutting at six. Well, inches. Well, why don't they cut? Why don't they just measure from the bottom of the deck to the concrete
0: of the sidewalk or the driveway? Just measure the grass blade. Yeah. Wouldn't oh, have here, to, a little grass blade. To, I'm going to measure you. You're going to be You're going to be pulling it straight. Pulling it straight? Pulling it straight? If
2: if your grass isn't standing up, I think you have bigger problems to worry about than your cutting height.
0: (laughs) Let's not talk about things standing up, okay?
2: I'm just saying,
0: Michael. What I'm more concerned about, yeah, you can measure the thickness of the grass, but before you go out there and do some damage to the lawn, why don't you measure from the bottom of the deck on down? I mean, each one of those settings could be anywhere from a half an inch to a full
2: inch. I'll bet somewhere in the book you got with that mower, it tells you. Well, what if you bought it
0: used? Or what if
2: you don't
1: have the book? Just measure the blade of the
2: grass. Thank, thank
1: you, Scott. Thank you. It doesn't yeah, matter. I mean, this is this is getting very difficult. Mine's on the top. My, I can't go any higher. The only, the only way I can raise mine is by putting bigger wheels on it. There you go. That's the the the
2: standard thing I tell people in the summer. Raise it to its highest setting.
0: Now, if I were to promise you M and M's, crab, and steak, you would treat me the same way as in agreement with Scott.
1: Mm, I don't know, okay, <laughs> so let's go back about a month when I posted on our Facebook page. you guys need to subscribe to that um <laughs> when I posted that facebook page my that my grass and my neighbor's grass oh yeah oh, uh, yeah the, the, remember the, that the, the the nice. straight line and then it went brown now. They have done nothing, but it has come back just a little bit through nature. But that was all mowing. That had nothing to do with fertilizing or anything. That was just because... They went out there and put the rider on the lowest setting and said, "I'm not mowing anymore this summer." And well, they were right. And they haven't. Yeah.
0: I mean, but see, the grasses that are coming back aren't exactly
1: the good grasses. No, it's all nutsedge. The ones nutsedge and are not, crabgrass. I'm sure we're yes. not
0: going to discuss what kind of turf that used to be there because it was at one time
1: similar to the Sandstrom place. That's right. It it yeah. was a black diamond lawn at one time. Yep. At one time. Yep. I'm not taking the blame for it
0: and,
2: now. And
1: that one time, it was only two years ago. Yeah, it, it doesn't take long. It was only two years ago that, that, that the ownership changed. It's it's much
2: easier to destroy a lawn than to get one looking good.
1: Like the Sandstrom
0: one. Now, yes. there's in between applications, if you're a regular watering practice, routine person, you maintain it, and you want to have that little extra kick, mm-hmm. I know somebody that, that does something. Mm-hmm. So do I. That, that with, 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 you know, you're not going to say, I don't recommend anybody do anything. If you've been on a lawn service program, follow that to the T. Uh, and especially if you don't know much of what you're doing, but if you're willing to accept the consequences for your actions and you have one of those oopses, well, you know, it's your fault, but in between applications, there's a little nutrient that has been put down and all it's got to elaborate.
1: All right. You want to go to sophomore or you want to go to junior? It's uh, for, You're putting for, a new for, trend for our the- listeners. I don't care what it is. Where I go, it's Milorganite people. Milorganite yep. is the answer. It is a quality product. It's like no doubt. It, it last year just boom, and my lawn was a hundred percent different. It was, and I mean, we had that wet June, and in between the lawn service applications, I would go out there with my little hand spreader. Nothing special. Just sounded like a sprinkler. Scott work on your hand spreader sound effects. All right. Well, you know, I'm only a sophomore. Well, yeah, yeah, but he did it. Put that malarganite (laughs)
0: down. Now you can, I mean, it's, it's, it's considered, it's Milwaukee sewage sludge. They've had the breweries out there. Um, So there's a, there's a bunch of natural schmutz in there that, that, that at the risk of burning, I don't think you're going to burn. You can waste it, wash it in. Um, It is a, Absolute, what it has in there is, is what they call micronutrients, that generally the, the plant, if you've got a program that you're following, the micronutrients are used and abused and absorbed and gone, usually within a four-week period or longer than that. But this is going to give you those micronutrients that it's going to allow the plant to absorb your lawn service fertilizers a lot quicker, a lot more efficiently, and a lot more effectively, so the plant is m- much hardier.
1: And you can't be afraid of it because it's as simple as ABC. There's nothing to it. It doesn't smell. Hollytone it smells five thousand times uh. worse than <laughs> than Can you do this? this is true. <laughs> so I mean, come on. It's it's. It looks like you're putting little black beads of coal down, and bing bang boom.
0: And it 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 just does a fantastic job. Not cheap. A small bag is. I mean, a regular bag is only a cover twenty five hundred square feet. So you do the math and figure out how many squares you got. Now, again, you can't burn it. If you want to stretch it out, that's fine. If you want to use it according to the rate. Now, most fertilizer companies that you do it yourself are going to recommend you safely apply it according to the label. However, the more you use, the more you got to buy. So I don't want to tell you not to buy. Always follow the label. If you have any questions, call a reputable lawn service. What I mean by reputable, you can look up their five stars. You know, there's a lot of graft and uh, well, a lot of, you know, things going on where you can pay somebody to, to give you the fifth and a half star. But if you know of a decent lawn service, i.e. like Black Diamond over in uh, Ohio, uh, that that's something that I think you could probably capitalize on, having their knowledge, having their expertise. And um, don't be afraid to ask the guys and gals that are there, uh, you know, what to do and when to do it. What's
1: Dave's favorite phrase? Is it Dave's phrase? Dave's favorite phrase. Says R- it every episode. Read. Read. I'd be the best. Is it read the label? It is read the label.
2: Oh, I thought, it is. I thought he was is.
1: Gonna, I thought he was going to say, uh, "Ask someone to know." I mean, I skimmed the label, and my grass looks perfectly fine. So,
0: but you're not afraid it to is. ask
2: questions. Well, when it either. comes to fertilizer, it's more forgiving than pesticides. This well, is true. Well, that's another. You that's... can do a lot more harm with a pesticide. I mean, obviously, overapplication of fertilizer isn't great, but what you're using, yes, it's it's a good supplemental feeding. Okay,
0: grubs. Let's talk. How many generations does a beetle usually have, or cycle that
2: they go through? How many? You've got your beetle stage: egg, larva, pupa, adult. But generally, you're going to have two.
0: Oh gosh, you're going to have the female. It's going to be two generations.
2: You're going to have one generation a year. That's one gonna cost-
0: generation a year, but you're going to have two leg eight leg ailing egg laying seasons. You're going to have they're going to lay eggs in the sp- late so- late spring early summer. And once they pop out, if you all right, Dave and I are gonna have an argument. And
1: in the red corner, we have Michael Rourke and <laughs> Dave's looking corner. at me. What Dave. the hell are you talking about?
0: <laughs> usually, usually, this is not an uh, this is an abnormal season. When do the Beatles pop out of the ground? Usually. Um July. Okay. What do they do once they pop out of the ground? They eat.
2: What do they normally eat
0: once they pop out of the ground?
2: Um Plants, ornamentals, your tomatoes, your roses, all okay. that good stuff. When they're
0: done doing
2: the eating and they're getting bored, let's say once they've gone through the pubescent stage
0: and they discover girls, what are they doing? Mating. Okay. And then what do they do? And then what time of year is that usually?
2: Um, that would be late July. Okay, late July. Yes. All right.
0: What is the usual or the standard gestation period for the egg to the pupae to the larvae? to the to the larvae pupa beetle whatever stage i mean when they pop out what does it usually take how long
2: for the for the egg to go turn into egg
0: to turn into a full beetle
2: 42 days
0: okay so if they're doing that about the end of july first part of august you're going to have a mature beetle by well you're going to have a grub well i said by the time they get you to said a mature full beetle,
2: beetle. it's going to be a grub it's going to
0: be a grub it's going to be a it's going to go from the egg what is it larvae
2: Egg, the grub is the larva, egg, egg larva, egg, pupa, pupa, egg, larva, and then the adult, it pops out. Then the pupa, then the adult. Then the
0: adult. Okay, so you got one more. So usually 40 days. If they're going to be laying their eggs in, what, what did we say? Late July. Late July? Yeah. So 40, Early August. 40 days from there is you're going to have the end of August. Yeah. All right. You're going to have an adult. No, you're going to have a
2: grub. Where did I lose I you? Said, did are you? I said. Where did I lose you? To have a complete because we're educating people. The, the here. cycle will be completed again next year. They'll burrow back down. They'll burrow, the But when do will, they do the damage? Well, they do the damage in September, October. Thank you. I do, it, why didn't you just start oh, with when do they do the damage? I'm not supposed
0: to be yelling, Scott. this is very sensitive equipment. Or chewing gum. Plus, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to grow a gum. Stick in my stomach. One of these. Um, okay,
2: the damage is going to occur when September, October. Actually, I've seen it happen into December, and then they go down below,
0: below the, freeze the frost line, line.
1: Yes,
2: and they come back up
1: and repeat yes. that cycle again. Yes. So, okay. can you clarify that again? I'm
0: not going that route
1: anymore. Okay. The- so the grub, as the grub is growing as a larvae, right in. It's eating the grass. August. Roots. It's eating the grassroots. Yes. Before it's. Yeah, we never did get to disappear. eating the
2: grassroots
1: part in there. Right, because no, you were
2: freaking out over there. I'm freaking out. I just wanted
0: to get things straight. They feed on the grassroots, and you don't notice the damage until it's a little bit
2: too late. Until it, your your grass basically peels up like a doormat. Yes. Yes. Well, because they have eaten the roots, and there's nothing. To yeah, the discol- but it with.
0: people won't know until they see the discoloration. Ex- exactly. And by that time, it's too late. And that's that's when another reason for the seeding. Yes. When is the best time for the professionals to put down a grub preventer?
2: July, August. I think we covered this the last time.
0: The last time, but we're
2: placing emphasis on it again. July and August is the best time for a preventer.
0: But the homeowner, same time? Sure. Did you look at the percentages on the bag?
2: Yes. What's the active ingredient? uh, We use imidacloprid. Okay.
0: Okay, and the bet and it lasts for approximately a twelve week period, correct? Yeah, yeah. All right. So if you're putting it down mid July, should last the end of the autumn. Yep. Should last the end of the autumn. Yep. Don't put it down any later than. I mean, can the homeowners still put it down? Let's say that they're doing oh. late August seeding.
2: They don't see any grub damage yet. I'd say you can go to uh, September first.
1: They can put it down. Yes. All right. Cool. Would you not? Really buy into the products that say you can put it in early spring because it lasts all summer long?
2: Well, no, I'm not buying into it. Well, there are there are newer insecticides that they come out with that have a longer uh, residual that you can put down earlier. However? However... Um, I've always stuck with imidacloprid. It's been very good to us. We have very few ba- breakthroughs. Therefore, it's a successful product. So,
0: If you're putting imidacloprid down in May, figure you got May, June, July. That's your 12-week window. Maybe a little bit farther than that. In August, you're not going to have that protection. That's why I go July, August. Yes. So that's why I'm saying unless you're going to overlap and do it again, right. I'm, I'm well,
2: not— then you're putting too much chemical down. Read the,
0: read, I said, read,
2: unless
0: read the label. I said, unless I'm making it a point to make
1: sure that people understand. So that- for all the freshmen, like Scott, <laughs> <laughs> don't do it in the spring, do it in mid and July. Like the professionals do. Yes. Don't buy into the marketing on the bag. Right.
0: More you, the more you use, the more you buy. However, remember the grubs that are going down below the freeze line Yes. over winter? Yes. They're going to be coming up. Are they going to be feeding on the root system of those grasses when they come up before they turn into a full beetle?
2: Uh, they feed very little in the spring. They do a small amount of feeding. The problem you'll have trying to kill them then is they are large. They are very large. They're very hard to kill in the spring.
0: The other thing is, how do you tell the difference between a June bug, a European chafer, and a Japanese beetle grub and a billboard grub?
2: You look at the rastral pattern. And define what a rastral pattern is. Um, It's on the... On their that, asses. It's yeah, the hair no, on their I, I, ass. Unlike you, I was trying to be polite. I can say that, can't I? <laughs> you just did. Well, I, Scott may end up <laughs> editing that out. They're, right, they're the hairs on the hind quarters, on the hind side of the grub. Yes. And I don't expect and they all it have a, gr- a distinctive pattern. Yeah. But yeah, let's not get that involved I as a homeowner. I don't think that's, yeah, the homeowner needs to know. Just
0: generally, um, uh, certain beetles are going to eat outside, like you said, the tomatoes, your ornamental leaves. Japanese beetles, for instance, love love roses. Yes. They love, you know, Japanese maple trees. They love tomatoes. But they're probably going to be doing most of their damage in daytime hours. Yes. Where the other beetles are going to do them nocturnally at nighttime.
2: The chafers are night flyers. Right.
0: So you're going to have that problem occur. and, And noticing, and to a good eye, I mean, I know Dave's got a good eye, Scott. Scott's got a third eye somewhere but he's also learning and he's now working his way through sophomore. He's he's paying attention to the pra- the practices of insects like the beetle. It doesn't matter really what kind of beetle you have or what kind of grub you have. This imidacloprid is going to be something that you're going to work that need to put down and do it about end of July first part of August for the coverage and the protection that you're going to need yep. in your lawn. Yes. Always read the label.
2: Do not use it on any vegetables. This is true. It's a systemic. So it works it through the system of the plant. So it will get into the system of the plant, and you don't want that. Okay. Anything else that you want to
0: bring to our attention right now, Mr. Slavinsky? I can smell the crab meat and the steak of Bruin.
2: <laughs> I can't for some reason. Um. <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't exist. exist. All
0: right. Now, being that this is actually three of four. We're going to be coming back on probably, I want to say, maybe about the end of September, first part of October. Okay. By that time, we're going to have leaves that are going to be changing color. Is it going to be too late to seed? I'm going to ask that. Anything that you seem to think that's going to be unique and unusual or usual that most people don't. Besides you, Mike? (laughs) Scott, take it over. You're going to be closing. (laughs) Anyhow, anything that you think of, please bring it to our attention. Certainly. All right. And then I'd like to, you know, continue to remind you that Dave basically is the lawn manager for the company that sponsors this program, Black Diamond Incorporated. They're located on uh, in Northwest Ohio and serve Southeast Michigan and uh, the Northwest corner of the uh, state of Ohio itself. And for a brief uh, little synopsis, somebody asked a question, well, what basically consists of the Midwest? This is going to be a quick tease. What does the Midwest states consist of here? Either Sophomore Scott or Dave Slavinsky.
2: Is it like Cash Cab? We just name as many as fast as we
0: can? I want can. to see which
1: ones you get right. Can I borrow your list? No. Well, you don't have this memorized? You don't know these?
0: I know it. I just want to make sure that you guys can spell it.
1: All right. So here we go. So I'm going to say the western half of Pennsylvania. So we'll say Pennsylvania, Ohio. One. Indiana. Two, Illinois. It's four. Michigan. Five. Wisconsin? Six. Iowa? Seven. Mi- Minnesota? M- Kentucky? Well, uh, there you go. Kentucky.
2: Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota and Kentucky. Is, I think Minnesota is
0: north. I wouldn't. No, we got it. Yeah, yeah, no, Minnesota is actually. But, Minnesota is considered a yeah. Midwest state.
1: Yep. So you Don't they mid-
0: only
2: get like three weeks of summer a year, though? Well, they're up there (laughs) near the UP. I mean... It's a little brisk. Well, are Uh, you
0: complaining? I mean, sure, they come to Toledo to to vacate in the middle of February. This summer,
2: I would have taken brisk all summer long, (laughs) believe
0: me. Yeah, officially, the Midwestern states are Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, Illinois, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Missouri, nobody got that one, and Iowa. All right, David. I'd like to thank you for uh, coming on board. Thanks uh, for
2: having me, Mike. Well, Scott. It,
0: it's actually Scott. Hey. He's the one that had to, to. We had to go through all sorts of, you know, bending sideways, backwards, in between, grabbing <laughs> ankles, M and M's, steak, and and crab meat. And now we're doing the number four. Now we're doing the number four. So we're gonna we're gonna have you on board again. I hope you're fattened up uh, for the next one. But again, I will. All right. Well, again, it's been super. Um, any yeah. kind of questions that you might have, please do us a favor and contact us at YMG, which stands for what, Dave? Your Midwest Gardener. Garden, your Midwest Garden. But if you screw up and spell it wrong, <laughs> Google will help you. You can find us basically on any, any of the uh, podcast sites. But if you yep. wanted to, just podcast your Midwest Garden with, my name's still on it, Michael Rourke. Scott's might be on there, too, one of these days. But you put it on there, and you can basically play it. I think you're going to find it quite interesting, quite educational, and fun. So um, we'll see you until next time. And when's our next one, Scott? Next week. Thank you very much. Ah! (laughs) We'll see you guys later. Bye. Thanks for listening to Your Midwest Garden. If you like today's conversation, please share this podcast with friends and family. And don't forget to click on the subscribe button so you won't miss any future episodes. Plus, if you have any show topics you'd like us to discuss, head on over to our sponsor's Facebook page, which is Black Diamond Garden Center, and message them your topic idea. For all of us at Your Midwest Garden Podcast, I'm Michael Rourke, the garden guy. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation.